I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Could have spent an age at each one. It smells interesting in here. It was like a month ago, not even. In fact, I think Everlyn could step up and do more. We're the Nightstone 4. Oh, everybody's here. Frankly, it, it made your point very justified in asking. And you know, Mirabar is such an industrial city. No door, and that door is for you. I'm extremely hungry. Whoa. Oh. The door maker's guild is very strong in Mirabar. This door was here first. Uh, what's your favorite dish? Well, here? a comet coming to Earth. Yeah, and I accidentally killed my ex-wife. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's zone of compulsive truth now. <laughs> Doreen, what the hell? Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 140, Eat Your Heart Out. MVP this week is MJ Gamer, who wrote, This is my best friend Red, and my best friend Jack, and my best friend Doran, and my best friend Kraloth. Along with some very complimentary things about our little show as a review on Podchaser. Thank you so much for the review, MJ. We really appreciate it. If you're loving the show, go ahead and leave a review or rating on your podcasting client of choice. Do you love awesome smells? How about helping out small businesses? Oasis Sense is a small company out of New Zealand that specializes in cold process soaps and candles, all based around their favorite books, TV shows, and other amazingly nerdy creations. We've recently received some lovely custom candles named Red-Handed Robin and Honeybee of the Meadow. 
If you're looking for a fun, good-smelling gift, check them out at oasisense.co.nz or at oasis underscore sense on social media. Support small businesses and give the gift of a good smell. All right, should we get down to business? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So my dad recently said that he wants to try Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, oh. Yeah. we were out to dinner, and he's kind of like, he doesn't really. We were just talking about <laughs> a cottage weekend to, to get away, and, and being like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna do some nerdy stuff, maybe play some D anD D. And he's like, you know, if you ever do a low level, you know, one shot, blah blah blah, you know, I'd be interested. And I think he meant low level is in like low, low interest key? level. Yeah. But Joe yeah. adorably is like, oh yeah, like it's always low level, like one one level one or two, and I'm like, I don't. He doesn't know that. He doesn't even know that much about yeah. anything. Like, oh, that's great. So I sent him a video the other day of like Steve Colbert, right, playing D and D, because you got to get people, you know, meet them where they're at, right? It's like, meet people where they are. Oh, he looks like me, and he's doing it. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, exactly for real. That's my dad's. That's my dad's like limit. But do any of your parents, Rob? I could see. I don't think your parents would play, but... So, in grade 10, uh, our English teacher, halfway through the year, went on sabbatical. We had, like, a whole bunch of different people come through the thing. So, my English... I somehow tricked my English project was I'd reading the Robert Jordan books. The Wheel of Time role-playing game just came out. And I decided, you know what? Somehow, for my grade 10 uh, project, I'm going to just run the Wheel of Time role-playing game and then write down what happens and hand that in as my project. And I got a pretty good grade on it. But for that, I needed people who had read these books, and my mom was one of them. So I think I'd recruited her to like play in this game as one of the one of the people. But did she actually? So she actually played? Yeah. Or she oh yeah. Was just sort of. She was. Oh, she was cool. a good sport. Did she Aww. like it? I don't. That's the part I don't remember. Um, <sighs> I, I'd like. Oh, man, that was a long time ago. I don't. I don't remember. I can remember where I was sitting, but not like anything that happened. But I like. I think it went well. I, I remember getting the. That was a very Alex story. <laughs> <laughs> this would happen. Alex I don't remember what happened, but like you know, it the, happened. The bigger trick was somehow I got to <laughs> yeah. play play a role playing game and hand it in as a grade ten English project and got a good That's mark great. on it. Pretty cute. That it is was great. Good. What about Dorsey and Issa, Justin? You know what? I've I've never attempted to. I've never asked them to play. Yeah. My mom would. My mom, she would be like, okay, yeah, let's try this out. And she would be into it. And she'd stuff. play something small. Yeah. Like a goblin or an elf. or a, I just immediately, I know she'd play something small. My dad, though, my dad would be like, he would crack jokes about it or whatever. But at a certain point, my dad would be more in it, to, more in it than anybody else. And he would be so freaking good at it. Yeah. Because he's, he's like a, um, he studies and sculpts. <laughs> mythology, mythological creatures from you know North Norse mythology, oh, cool. Greek mythology. He'd love all oh, of yeah. the 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 monsters that we're fighting. He's like, he I could totally see him playing like a, a like a a Jack esque um, uh, <laughs> archaeologist or or like archaeologist a or, or something like a druid. And be like, mm. ah, yes, I know of the wyvern and blah blah blah. Yeah, your dad would I get so the into wyvern. the lore. The lore. He would the lore. He would oh, read yeah. about the lore, yeah. and he would be like, oh no no, and and and, and correct the, the dungeon master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like actually this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you have to roll an intelligence. <laughs> Patreon exclusive parents episodes. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. 
We tried to play D&D uh, very casually when Harlan and I were visiting my parents with Henry just to kind of show them that Henry likes playing the dungeon master. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my dad did not take it seriously <laughs> whatsoever. I think he named his character like Grampy Poopy Pants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, the problem is, well, your parents, your parents wouldn't, yeah, because I think there has to be a kernel of like, okay, I want to try this. Yeah. I never, you never want to play with D and D with anybody that you're just entirely twisting their arm. It's never going to go well. There has to be a kernel of like, okay, I would be interested in trying that. And if your parents, either of them, ever, ever for some reason read something or just felt a kernel of that, absolutely, I think they would have a blast at least trying. But you got to get that first little like, I would see what this is because otherwise they're just going to mock the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rightfully so because it's very silly. It is silly. Well, what's interesting is so after this conversation with my dad, he even reminded me, and Alex knows this, that that our dad owned the original red box. Like we had it at our house. And he was like, he was he's like, of course I tried. He's like, I even bought the Dungeons and Dragons when it came out. And I don't know <laughs> if you remember, Alex, that red box that we had. Of course I do. I played it for years. Yeah. Yeah, but do you have it? I don't know where it went. No. I have the dice from it. Because I think we pulled them out at one. He's just literally looking around right now. <laughs> Is it here? On a shelf behind him. Never <laughs> well, I had to think. Like, right beside him. Because I can picture it. I can. Mm-hmm. But I have the dice from it. Because I think we pulled it out and we used it on other yeah. games. I have them in like a little box. Like the original paint the numbers blue yeah. red mm-hmm. box dice. But so I was, which is interesting because I think I've talked about my dad on this show before and been like, yeah, no, he would never be interested. But I see my dad as I'm talking to my brother. Hey, Alex, what about your dad? Yeah, my dad's really like, I think my dad would. Our dad, Very I think in reality, he, he would get bored of it real quick. Like, yeah, he, he, my dad has such low... We talked about this before. My dad fast-forwards through the credits of a movie. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. the even he'll fast-forward through the credits that have storyline built into it. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on. Right, but, <laughs> but here's the difference. And I think this is why it would be interesting to play with He's him, worse than me. <laughs> D&D is about your story. Which yeah. means dad would fast forward through other players at the table in terms of like turning off. <laughs> it's one of those. But if players. you made a camp, if you mm-hmm. made a story that was centric around him, or rather when you put the camera on him, see, I think dad would be more flustered by not understanding the rules completely. I would put money on him not even getting through your introduction paragraph. He'd be like, nah, you know what? I'll, I'll just sit back. You guys play. You guys play. But here's what I mean. But that's if a DM has an intro paragraph. I think you can cater it to your players. I think you'd be like, okay, Ryan. Fair enough. You pull out your sword as a goblin runs towards you. What do you do? Like, you you, you know, you trim it yeah, down. You, like, you don't make it about the... Go to that real in-media res. A good DM runs it for their players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Put it this way. The challenge is yours. <laughs> Regardless, I like what Rob was saying. Patreon exclusive. All the parents sitting around. We've got Dorsey, Ryan... I don't know which of your parents. Lori. 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 Yeah, probably Lori. Yes. Get my mom in there. <laughs> She's going to need a handler. Oh, my God. A cardinal. We can get that <laughs> She's going to be a cleric of Jesus. A cleric of Jesus. <laughs> for sure. And also, she needs someone to assist her because she doesn't know any of the rules. Oh, and the God, ones that no. she's explained, she will forget immediately. Oh, that was so bad. We tried playing Betray on House on the Hill and just could, she could not wrap her head around like How movement being three. It was like, no, you, but you can move three times. Like, what's move? <laughs> How many times you can move? How many it's right squares? There. It's your speed. Yeah. What speed? It's your. It's the movement that you have. It's right. It's listed right here. Got it, got it, got it. So how many squares can I move? 
Anyway, God, different strokes you. for different folks. And who knows? One day we will try. Maybe he'll be on the podcast. But that is not this day. No, for it is not. What are we doing this day? We are playing Dyshane. Oh, yeah. oh. Dyshane. <laughs> A Dyshane sauce sounds very delicious. I know what that is. Before we get back into it, I feel like last episode we had sort of a weird red moment, and I want to talk about it. Where Red, where, where Kraloth stole the potion, but Red put it back. And I feel like a lot of listeners aren't going to understand that logic. And uh, My gut feel is that it's not necessarily a thing Red is inherently opposed to. He just doesn't like how this one happened. He didn't. He wasn't expecting mm. to steal it from this guy, and so this one felt I don't bad. Think, but, but in another but situation, even so, he might, I don't think... No, I don't think, I think Red would take things like from people, you know, like if there was a gem that someone had on their shelf in their house, he'd be like, oh, I can take that. But if they were like, that gem is worth this amount of money, I think he would see that as stealing for some weird reason. Like, I think it's because it's like, well, they don't have a value of that. There's there's money attached to that, therefore they deserve that much, or they're, therefore they're asking that much. And he might be outraged by that amount. That does make sense in a very childish logic way. That's kind of where I'm going from. I think it's the childishness of it that he's kind of like, oh, like I would take this candle from someone's house because, you know, what do they need it for? Like it's Henry right. takes like fancy rocks off the side of someone's laneway all the time. Well, and that's we're like, it. well, you can't take all those rocks, buddy. You know they, what? And actually, it's so funny you mentioned that because I think I'm, I'm thinking of a kid. Like, Henry will come home from school with, like, taking a Lego man or something because they play with Lego and stuff. And I'll be like, you took this. And he'd be like, yeah, you know, like in my pocket or whatever. Like, that's stealing. But he would never go into a store and take, like, a bouncy ball from, like, a $5 bin or whatever because he would know. He'd be like, oh, no, that's stealing. So it's like, there's obviously a childish division where they don't, you know, where like there's a way to to see well, a certain and he's, thing, and he's definitely got a taste of what the consequences could be for this one, right? Like the whole. I think Red definitely. always knew the consequences, right? For no, but sure. but there's a difference between knowing them and experiencing that bit of it, like the the being observed part. No, of No, I the, think he would know that too. I don't think it's about him being like, oh wow, hoisted by my own petard. I think it's definitely about seeing the value of something differently based on a price point attached to it mm. versus just something that someone hasn't explicitly said, don't take that. Right. That's important to me. I would love to see this come to fruition in character. Well, this is what I'm saying. I don't think Red would be like, Kraloth, you shouldn't have stolen that. Like, I don't think that's how he'd be. And that, and that goes back to, I think, the conversation with Jack the other day about how self-aware Red is or isn't. Mm-hmm. I definitely think he would put this back, but would he be able to articulate why? Yeah. No, and that's what I mean. I don't I don't think, but even if he could, it would be more along those lines, which is sort of more nebulous to be like, well, it's okay to take things from someone's house. It's not okay to take someone something off of someone's vendor table. Like that doesn't make sense. But that's I think Kralos thinking here isn't that he stole it, is that he got fifty percent off of two greater healing potions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The atmosphere in Crowen Valhero's study is stuffy in contrast to the bright late afternoon outside. He has probably a hundred candles guttering in rivulets on tall candle holders all around the room in candelabras, and it looks like maybe you were interrupting him in the middle of performing some kinds of experiments. His alchemy equipment is merrily bubbling away off to one side. He pierces you with his intelligent blue eyes as he admits you 
into his study. Good evening. Crowan, it's good to see you. Yes, well, the Nightstone 4 has not been a name that was welcomed here in Everland as of late, and yet... Yeah. Things change quickly in the north. Mm. Dorrent sort of bumbles in, you could say. He, he, he's like... <laughs> and I will. He's not uh, graceful. And uh-huh. he's like knocking stuff and Collapse not off, but like, you know, the door kind of bangs and he hits trips him. over the threshold. A <laughs> couple of old ghosts hits a cat and he says, well, it smells, smells interesting in here. You're not cooking food. I hope that smells like smells like it should be a potion you're cooking or like pie. A weird, gross pie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hi, I'm Doran Iron Fist. You've met before. I know. We've met. We've, we've met, met before. Oh, Doran. right. We came Crowan. to see this I guy. I thought you looked familiar. It was like a month ago. Not even. Just a, a couple of old ghosts came back to haunt us. Looks like they real tarnished our name around here while we were gone. Yeah, that wasn't us, by the way. Uh, we were the good guys in the Nightstone for debacle. Eh. So I've heard Chaos Hammer was just here in oh. Ireland. He's cleared your name to the Hall of Elders. Uh-huh. Excellent. Oh, the High Captain good. sent a retinue of guards to accompany him back to Citadel Adbar. What King Harnath does with him is dwarven business now. The king has offered to help pay for some of the damages wrought by the dwarves. Wow. That's very good Wonderful. of him. Oh, you sound surprised. That's pretty noble. We're noble people. I believe it is mostly his pride. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, there, there's a lot of people who can use a lot of help rebuilding in the area. So whether it comes from pride or a sense of duty or whatever, uh, every gold piece helps. Well, the dwarves do have deep pockets, if you'll excuse my saying. Oh, Doran's standing there with his hands in his pockets, <laughs> pushing them down. <laughs> Buried up to the elbow. Yeah, yeah. In gold. Tell me... Last we spoke, you were on an errand from the dragon old Gnawbones, and you were keen on killing as many giants as possible. What have you learned since then? Well, we've uh, made it actually to the Eye of the Allfather um, and, and had a fascinating experience with a giant oracle, which has led us on a quest to recover some ancient giant relics, and hopefully we'll get a vision to help us rewrite reset help the ordning come back together in the near future um it's been quite a trip to many sacred uthgard spaces in uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah i could have could have spent an age at each one really documenting the the people in their culture it's so fascinating um but i can see i'm losing red and what? so it might be time to head to to mirabar uh and make our way back to the spine of the world he makes his way back to the alchemy table, uh, holds up a long, slender, pale finger, and attends to some experiment that he was in the middle of, something just about to boil over. He adds a chemical reagent, and one of the flasks changes to a bright purple color, and there's a flash of smoke. He picks up a beaker, agitates it, sets it back down, and then using his wand, he taps something, and a, a small fire ignites beneath it, and then he comes back to you. Tell me, Jack... Why should you be permitted the use of the teleportation circle? For all I know, you are dragon spies. 
taking advantage of recent chaos to sow the seeds of subterfuge. Do not lie to me. I oh, have... you got conspiratorial all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I, I, I can understand your, your, your concern a lot. We did um, end up accepting the help of Clouth for a hot minute, and then promptly got his airship destroyed by giants, in which case probably not in that dragon's good books for the time being. So for sure, certainly could see us as a security risk in that in that front. I think it's just, I guess, weighing whether we think dragons view giants as a greater threat to the big stability than it is your network or not. We're all pawns in their great games on some level. We're just trying to make the best of, of our fate and, and help people get by. Also, we're not working with the dragons. I feel like Jack didn't mention that, but we're not working with them. <laughs> just want to make that crystal clear, because he sort of answered it long-windedly, and it sounded very... Uh, it, frankly, it, it made your point very justified in asking. But no, we are not working with dragons, 100%. You're right, but also, we, we, we've had advice and help from at least two... So we're right. The more you talk, the more anxious they get. Let's just be clear: we don't want to work with dragons. Full stop. Duran steps forward, and plus, we're the Nightstone Four. We're we're not you. You know where our alliance lies. I mean, here we we're protecting this city. Come on. I know this is something that is not often reserved for polite company, but if you'll permit me the casting, Crowen points his wand at you and casts Zone of Truth on your party. Ooh. Sure. <laughs> what is it supposed to do? So everyone, please, has to make a charisma save, please. Oh, charisma. Mm-hmm. I have negative one for charisma. <laughs> How did you do? I got a 10. 21. Five. I got a nine. So, Red, you are unaffected by this. I'll still pretend to be. Whoa. <laughs> do you count yourselves among the faithful for the dragon cloth? Or the one known as Old Gnawbones? Oh, hell no. What does that question mean? Do we? Sort <laughs> <laughs> of truth works, but only if they understand what the mm-hmm. question is. Are you indebted to these dragons in any way? Oh, no, 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 no. I think the dragons might feel differently about that, but I don't feel any... I, they're, they're a tool of convenience to accomplish our tasks, which is to save as many lives as possible. Yeah, and I accidentally killed my ex-wife. What the hell is going on here? It's zone of compulsive truth now. Doreen. I don't know what's going on. It's also true. I'm extremely hungry, and I, and I don't want to go back to the Great Peak Mountains. And last night in the tent, it was me who farted. It wasn't Karen. That's great. <laughs> Did you have anything to do with the refugees in Jalanthar? Yeah, we saved them. We gave a bunch of money to the bakery here to try and help them get set up, and uh, we'd had directed a few people to the to Everland to try and get a new start in life, and we donated some resources there. But uh, certainly condemned at every opportunity that the the folks creating more refugees. In fact, I think Everland could what? step up and do more to help. To help protect people from becoming refugees. All right, Jack. Yes, I understand. And I'll say yes. (laughs) What do you know of the goals of the Harper organization? Uh, Let me answer this one, guys. Nothing. I forget what the Harper organization is. (laughs) 
Isn't he part of the Harpers? Jack, you you know, you you know, you're not part of it. No, I I the portal in Waterdeep is the Harpers, right? Yes, the whole yeah. portal system is the Harper network. Uh I've always secretly wanted to be one, but I just never <gasps> thought I could. Do you say that out loud? Yeah, I, Jack admits, like he's he's compelled. It's truth. So there's a point of like he he's. I, I've always secretly wanted to be one. Um, you know, the the Shadow Thief of Waterdeep is kind of coded to be Harper-esque, even though he's not really a Harper. But I think that's what Torin really loves about him is that like good guy spy thing. And so I, I've always kind of admired that, but it's the only... Uh, Jack stops. <laughs> Valhero, he disperses the zone of truth and turns his back to you. He wanders over to the fireplace where there's this merry blaze and looks deep into it. Again, you'll have to accept my apologies. I was directed to be certain. Hmm. By who? By the Harpers. They are marking your progress now with Hmm. this new set of developments. And it looks suspicious, as you can see. But from what I can tell right now, there's no reason that you shouldn't continue to use the network. Do not give me cause to regret that decision. Are you kidding? Jack wants to be a Harper. Why would he try to betray them? We do appreciate the help that the Harpers are providing us. This is not something that is offered to every adventurer. Certainly not. It might make sense to set up a password here as well, knowing that we've had some encounters with shape-shifting assassins of late. Uh, you know, they're they're could be a, you know... Are you saying this meta or is I, Jack? I, I, well, I think that was Jack saying it, but it. I think it makes... Oh, no. Unless you were... But there I was waiting for Red to respond, other... but if you thought of I was... Red would just, like, shoot, just look at you immediately, like, just say it. I am unconcerned with the ability of being able to assess creatures and discern their true nature. That is very good to know. Hmm. Hmm. Well, um... Shall we? Yes, please. Yeah, let's do it. We shall. Please, because we'd like to be on our way. Valhero leads you to the teleportation circle room. You see your friend, Flowin, <laughs> who gives Doran the side eye as you enter the room, and he blushes slightly, but he gives like no other indication that he's seen you recently. Uh-huh. Obviously, he doesn't recognize Red because you were dressed up like... Um, Kevin Costner. and then candles lit invocations murmured the teleportation circle flares to life with blinding blue white light and you are drawn inside as reality dissolves into oblivion you are dumped out on the other side of the portal into a pile of hay in the dim hayloft of Mirabar. A horse in the stable below whinnies nervously in response to your jumble of bodies heavily thumping on the floorboards. It doesn't seem like there's anyone else inside the stable. The attendant must be elsewhere at the moment. And freezing air works its way in through the slats of the barn. You can tell it is desperately cold outside. But this place you are in now, this barn, is cozy, full of the sweet smell of straw and the warm breath of animals. You think by now we'd be able to do this without falling onto the floor? Mm. (sighs) You'd think they'd set it up to be a little bit nicer in here. You're like a cushion down here or something. I mean, the straw's lovely, but... Can you pass my furs, Red? Your what? My furs. I thought you said your purse. You know, our cold-weather clothing. 
Red just deadpan looks to everyone in the group. What are you talking about? What cold weather? Oh, oh, the the furs, right? Yeah, I hawked those. What? You what them? <laughs> I hawked them. Well, hawk them up. I made Screven take them up really, really <laughs> high. <laughs> I dropped them. Blood hawked. Uh, <laughs> but I can find something. Red reaches into the bag of holding and gives everybody their cold weather clothing back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you sure feel the the how much further north we are. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. even inside here, just the the wind's howling. All right. Can we get out of here? I I get I get kind of nervous around these horses. Hold on, Dorn. Listen to those sound effects. The wind's howling. Wait, do you hear that horse in the distance? <gasps> Listen, you can hear. You can hear a dog bark in the distance. Wow, what rich sound effects. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very impressive. Yeah, sound effects. Interesting. Is that music? You hear a little bit of like a low light. Like, music bringing Some sort of down. string instrument. Well, let's step outside. Then there's going to be really good music. Stepping up to the Well, a comet coming to Earth. Listen to the sound of it. This so rich. A dinosaur? You know, Mirabai is such a good dust. You've got all what? of this like, machinery going underground. This is the steel work. Anyway, let's go outside. <laughs> Red walks outside to Mirabai. Hmm. Yeah, Jack follows. It is coming up on evening. Okay. Though the wind pierces you with the cold, the streets of Mirabai are still busy with people of all kinds bundled up against the snow. You know, it always amazes me that people are out and about in this sort of cold weather. Like, I don't know how they... How they do it? I'd just be inside all the time. They wear jackets and stuff. Hmm. <laughs> they probably get used to it too. You know, like living underground for a long time. I imagine as a dwarf, you really get used to the darkness. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. yeah. Hey, Shale. This is where you were born. Aww. So <laughs> shows Shale around. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, do we, do we want to find some place to to? sleep for the last evening in a bed in a while and then start hiking up a mountain tomorrow morning? Hey, not a bad idea, but let's not stay at the place we did last time because we destroyed the bed and I think they'd remember. Mm. We we did? The royal we. As you're standing around in front of the stable deciding what to do next, you hear a voice that you recognize. Kraloth! Kraloth! Uh, Kraloth, Shale's saying your name. Mm, uh, and Kraloth looks around. There's a woman making her way towards you dressed in a white fur coat. Mm. She's got her hood pulled up and tall boots on, and she's being tailed by another shorter woman. And Kraloth, like, thinks about all the people he knows, and he counts Doran, Jack, Red. <laughs> oh, everybody's here. Who could it be? And just waits. <laughs> There's, like, an yeah. awkward wait as she's, like, running through the snow. <laughs> as she gets close enough, you recognize... This beautiful woman's face, Marina Cindergather, oh. has appeared before you somehow. Kraloth! Oh, sorry. As soon as Kraloth sees her face, just this like, this kind of blushing, cold, beautiful porcelain skin, um, like close up, he's immediately thrown off completely. And he has this moment where he just kind of stares and his face drops and he's immediately very uncomfortable. Hmm. Oh, Kraloth, what a surprise to see you here. 
I, I come to Mirabar now and then, um, and just, what are you doing here? Oh, oh, um, yes, uh, Lady, Lady, Lady Cindergather, um, of course, you remember Red, uh, Doran. I don't believe you've met my friend Jack, Jack Page, um, House of Wands. Jack, this is Lady Cindergather. Lovely to meet you. Charmed, I'm sure. Hey, Marina. Hi, Red. Hello again. Listen, let, let, why don't we get out of the cold here? Um, um, uh, I, I'd love to hear about how things have been. And, and Wonderful idea. Maybe we could find somewhere to have some dinner, actually. I know a wonderful place nearby. Unless you have plans elsewhere, of course. Uh, we don't have plans anywhere, Red says, stepping forward. We'd love to have a little bit of grub in the... Uh, and he, like, looks at her face and looks at Kraloth's face. Ooh. I mean, we actually have other plans, but... Uh, we, 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 we'll, we have to leave in the morning, but, but of course, I would, I would, uh, let's, let's... Yes, let's... Um, and Kraloth is... Kraloth fumbles around... Until his hand reaches the pommel of his mace. Mm. And all of a sudden, his demeanor changes. He says, yes, of course, <laughs> Lady Cindergather, please lead the way. Well, uh, you know, we got plans. Not not Kraloth, but uh, Doran and uh, Jack and I do. So maybe, you know, we, we can find something else to keep ourselves we busy. Or, well, dinner sounds good. Well, no, no, no. Please, please, join. Join. Come on. It's it's all right. We, we're, we're... Can I roll insight on Marina? To sure. See if she want, is, like, happy that we're busy mm. or... Yeah. Twelve. She seems very welcoming. Okay. Well, I mean, if we're not imposing... Of course not. I insist. Yes. And I insist, too. We'd love to. Come, show us where you... you... <laughs> Show us your spot that you've got in mind. Of course. And as she walks, she takes she takes your arm, Kraloth. Mm. So you're walking elbow in elbow. And Kraloth stiffens a bit. I so enjoyed the letter that you sent me, Kraloth. Thank you for thinking of me. I made the blueberry scone recipe that you gave, though Ooh. I was unable to find any fresh blueberries, so I used dried currants instead. Oh. <laughs> Still very much in the spirit of the recipe. Uh, yes, uh, of course. You, you didn't happen to bring any, did you? <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't expecting to see you. Oh. She leads you down the street towards one of these subterranean entrances into the dwarven undercity. You remember, you've been here before. These residential caverns superheated by forges that are just constantly pumping out the products of the mines that are all around the city of Mirabar. And she leads you through this dimly lit, hot cavern to a restaurant. It's got a, an entrance for taller people and an entrance for shorter people. So, of course, she gestures to the taller door yeah. um, and unhooks her arm from you, Kraloth. Well, we're here. Mm. I've been here once before. It's wonderful. Talk about hospitality. <laughs> no door, and that yes. door is for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It's you Doran go through that through the, door. Doran's <laughs> going through the smaller door, and he's and he's peeling off his winter clothing. Now in the mm-hmm. sort of like the warm under depths of this. And Red just stands at the door and just like, why not make one big door? Why bother with a second door? A small person could walk through a big door, and a big person could walk through a big door. Why two doors? I don't get it. Marina holds up a hand and sort of looks around. She's like, 
because it's a place built by dwarves, but also meant to accommodate larger folk if they so desire. Right, so just cut a bigger door around the small door they originally put in, and then everyone walks through the same door. Like a cat door? No, just a big door. Like, Doran doesn't feel weird about walking through a big door. Have you he ever just, asked him? He just him? walks through the door. It's such a waste of wall space. Doran stands there looking at Red with, like, a blank stare on his face, and he just points at the smaller door. He says, this door was here first. Ha! I like that. <laughs> and then he walks through. <laughs> I think the, the Doormakers Guild is very strong in Mirabar. I feel like they're laundering money through this place. Oh, we need to have another door. Bullshit. Look at the craftsmanship (laughs) on it. You don't see that kind of like strong, clean, dwarven forged lines in any other door. It's so good. I mean, it's literally every door in this city, Jack, but fair enough. Doors are very important to dwarves. I mean, our friend was named after one. Dorin. Uh, Dorin. And Dorin. My cousin, (laughs) Dorin. This is a nice restaurant. It's pretty fancy. There are waiters and menus and kind of accoutrement that you're not used to seeing necessarily in... What is this, a fork? (laughs) Well, what I mean to say is it's not a coarse place in any way, although a lot of the dwarven fare and honestly some of the culture that we've been experiencing lately from dwarves has been a little bit barbaric, right? Single-handed combat, blood sport, all that stuff. This is like a fancy upscale type place and um, Marina asks that we sit at a a table for medium sized creatures and not small sized creatures just to accommodate the majority of the party and everyone is seated so um, tell me uh, you were talking about your quest it sounds like you're all very capable adventurers and I must say Jack Page although you were not there at the manor your friends really handily managed some of the terrible creatures that um, befell my party. Yeah, I, I heard all about it and, and saw a little bit of them. That it sounded quite harrowing. It was. I hope Pelizwant has, has been able to do all right for the rest of the winter, got their situation with Mirabar sorted out. Largely, yes. And they speak fondly of you in Pelizwant, uh, though I must say, we found Reynard's body with... Uh, with some help. It provided some closure for Firth and me. Sorry. He resides at my home now. Um, but he makes a lovely companion. He's a good kid. Uh, shall we eat? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, this this menu. Um, some of these dishes I've, I've never seen before. Uh. Mm-hmm. It's heavy on the the mushrooms. This seems to be kind of a fungus-based restaurant. Mm, the hell's a shit ack? <laughs> <laughs> it's a type of mushroom. What? Why would I want to eat a mushroom called shit ack? What, do they grow them in shit? Well, actually, <laughs> it's not just any shit either. Oh, my God. They've got groglin stew. I'm getting that. And he turns and he says, Groglin stew! Groglin stew! The waiter Groglin stew here! Uh, and a like brew! All the way across the restaurant, yeah. it's like the far, the waiter's on the far, there's a movie, and the waiter's on the far, far side, it's just like yelling, and the waiter's like, I'll tell your server! <laughs> as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson. He like yells across the restaurant, two crabs, da-da-da, and the waiter's just like, I'll tell your server! It's so good. <laughs> 
Uh, what's your favorite dish here, Lady Cindergather? Oh, well, they do a, a vegetarian dish, uh, steamed brown rice with the Mizuna greens. Uh, as I understand, the Mizuna grows deep in the underdark. It's a kind of phosphorescent. I'm sorry, I don't mean to explain it to you. I'm sure you've been all over the world. No, no, actually, you can explain away. I, I, I just like to, to hear your take on it, even though I might have heard of it. Well, it is quite spicy. Uh, the Mizuna lends a sharp kick to the dish, but it's it's delicate in its spice. Ugh. I think you'll really like it. I remember my mother always always making Mizuna soup. Mizuna soup, Mizuna steaks, Mizuna pie. I'll tell you, it gets tired quickly. And uh, that phosphorus stuff, it's not as good as they all say. If you if you if you trust me, you got to get what I'm getting, which is the this the stew. Do, do your teeth really glow after you eat it, though? Like, is that is that I've always heard that, but oh, I've never yeah. been able to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it dies for a little while, you know, until you wash it down with a brew, with a brew, a brew too. Uh, Darn, you just order for me. I don't know, whatever. And Red just like tosses the menu aside. And so you spend a lovely evening together, dining on exotic cuisine and enjoying each other's company in the dwarven city of Mirabar. Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Heather Nichols, Alexander Reed, Merlin, Christopher Ryan Evans, Mitchell Cadwell, Colin Burkhart, K.R., Kelly McLeisot, Creature, Michelle Conn, Melanie Shen, Maggie Breeze, Stephen Lovett, Brian Blass, Lars, Gray, Bryn Marie, Daniel, Tara, Doug Churchman, Mari Kaniski, and Michael and Brianna Weber. See you soon! Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.